Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Um, I was just um, yesterday hanging out with uh, the, the youth leaders, who by the way are amazing. And uh, I got to hang out with the youth ministry on Friday night, and it is just, it is cranking. And uh, they are doing incredible. I've seen a lot in my life. My eyes are small, but they're surprisingly strong. And I've seen a lot, and I can tell you definitively that this youth ministry um, is is incredible. And so yesterday morning, I got to spend some time with the youth leadership team, and, and we were having a conversation right here, right up the front of the, 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 uh, the, the, the auditorium, uh, because the, the, the rear auditorium was being used. So we kind of just circled up, and we were just having a little bit of a chat, and uh, we kind of got onto this uh, conversation about uh, an individual who will remain nameless. And I think her name was Sarah, and, uh, and how she is like notoriously late at things. And how, like, kind of coming to that meeting and basically anything she goes to, whether it's, like, dinner plans or family occasions, she's, like, one of those notorious, like, kind of running late people. Do you, does anyone know one of those notorious running late people? Put your hand up if you are one of those notorious running late people. It was funny because as Sarah was kind of talking about that and people were kind of making fun of Sarah, uh, I was like, I sheepishly had to admit as well that I'm one of those people as well. I am notoriously late to everything. I was even late for yesterday's meeting and, and if my wife wasn't with me, I'd be late to this meeting right now and, and uh, because I'm one of those people who like kind of, I, I find it hard to get going un- unless the adrenaline starts flowing, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's been medically diagnosed, so don't hack on me, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm so addicted to adrenaline, the thought of, it's like, if I have to leave somewhere at six o'clock and I can be ready by 5.30 and get there half an hour early, I have to let it kind of get to like two minutes to six before I start trying to get ready and jump in the shower and quickly get, uh, I, I, you know exactly what I'm talking about, sir. I, I can tell that you're smelling what I'm cooking that you're catching what I'm flinging, like kind of we're kindred spirits in that way. Uh, I'm one of those people who kind of, I think to myself, like, you know, if, it's, if the drive is like 30 minutes, I can do it in 25. Like if like kind of Google Maps is telling me like it's a 20 minute drive, hey, Google, I always really conservative. It's really kind of 18. And, and so I always, I kind of leave at the la- very last minute. And then I think to myself, even when I get there, I don't want to be the first person there. You know what I'm saying? I want to be fashionably late all the time because I'm all about the fashion. And so I kind of, so, so I, I'm that guy, I, I've got to admit it to you, I confess to you publicly, I am that guy um, who is always late. I'm that guy. But this is what's funny. Um, it, I find that whether you're one of those late people or one of those on-time people or you're one of those kind of always early people, we all share this. We all dislike it when we're left waiting. You know what I'm saying? So that's the irony about me. I always leave people waiting, but I hate it when people leave me waiting. No one likes it when they get left waiting. No one likes it when they're not the one running late. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever felt that God has run a little bit late on you? Have you ever had an experience in your life, a season in your journey where it, where it felt like, hey, I, I'm looking at my watch here and, and God, like you're kind of running a little bit behind time. It feels like God is running just a little bit late. 
How about from a finance point of view? You know that he's Jehovah Jireh, clap your provider, and he's the God who has like got cattle on a thousand hills. I don't even know what that means, but it just means that like he's got a lot of stuff. And, and you've heard about all these stories where he breaks through with a provision. He, he comes through for that individual financially, but here you are sitting, kind of sweating and stressing, wondering how you're gonna make ends meet when the ends are running away from one another. And you're kind of looking towards heaven quietly and sneakily going, hey God, I know you're good. And God, I know that you're a provider, but right now it feels like you're running just a little bit late when it comes to my business or my finances. It'd be really cool if you showed up uh, sometime pretty soon. Have you ever felt, come on, God, just run a little bit late. How about that job? And you know that, that, that God can provide a great um, a job and some, some amazing employment. And, and you've even heard the stories and you've heard the testimonies. Yeah? You've maybe even heard people stand at this very stage giving glory to God for, for, for the job that came to them as they prayed. But you sit there thinking to yourself, well, it feels like God's gone like a little bit quiet and is a, a little bit late on providing with my job. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at my watch kind of going, hey, God, I'm ready. I'm rearing. I want to glorify you with, with this opportunity. I want to glorify you with the money that's going to come from this job. But, but right now, God, it feels like you've kind of gone walkies and, and you're not providing this job right here, right now. And it feels like God, come on, is running just a little bit late. Uh, how about that relationship? There are some people here right now, maybe some single people who are kind of going, hey, God's running a little bit late. I know that there's someone out there who God has, has made just for me. Maybe there might be a, a young lady out there who's going, like, I'm just doing everything right by the book. I'm, like, keeping myself pure and holy. I'm reading, like, I'm reading, like, kind of, you know, like, this book's about singleness and enjoying the season and kind of, you know, I'm just waiting for Mr. Wright to come along, like, kind of half Edward and half Jacob, like, but reads his Bible and kind of, I'm just doing everything right. But, but right now I'm feeling that kind of God and Mr. Wright is, they're kind of running late. I'm looking at my watch and, and, and I thought it was going to come around this time, but it's not coming around quite as quick as I'd like, and, and it feels like God's running just a bit, little bit late. In, in fact, right now, I, I don't even need Mr. Wright to show up through the door. I, I, I'd settle for Mr. Close enough, because it feels like God is running just a little bit late. How about that sickness? How about that ailment? How about the disease? We know that He's Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Again, we've heard the testimonies. We've seen the things on the videos that talk about that cancer that shrunk or that, or, or, or that life that was restored or, or, or the sight that was restored. And, and you sit there with that, with that ailment, with that issue, with that disease, and you're, you're praying to the same God you're concluding and, and you're waiting for your miracle. You're waiting for your breakthrough, but it feels right now that nothing much is happening and it feels like God's just running a little bit late. You're happy to hang around for a little bit longer, but only for a little bit longer because it feels like God's kind of forgotten about me and he's just running real, real late. How about that tragedy? How about that loss? And you kind of think to yourself, hey God, where were you? I felt you, you ran real late on that day. See, the reality is if you do this journey over any extended period of time, you'll find yourself in this moment. Knowing that God is good. Because Creation declares the goodness and the greatness of God. We, we don't doubt that. A bloodstained cross shows us that we are loved. An empty tomb shows us that He's powerful, but even in the middle of knowing that He is loving and knowing that He is powerful, sometimes, don't we? We find ourselves in the journey scratching our heads going, okay, God, I know you're good, I know you're loving, but where's that goodness and that love right now? Because I would do really well with it. 
and it feels like it's quite a distance away and and I know you're going to come through for me at some stage, but right now it feels like you're running late. And it's important for us, dare I say imperative for us, to process through honestly these seasons when it feels like God is running just a little bit late. When it feels like God is leaving us to wait around. Because we can end up getting stuck in our journey if we really logically process through this whole idea of God running late. Now let me explain. You see, it's a, it's a really dangerous kind of stretch of waters to, to navigate the, these, these feelings that, that God is running late. Because logically, only one of two kind of potential options are available. Either number one, God could come on time, but he isn't bothering to come on time. And that creates in our heart incredible disappointment. Or in other words, God, you can, but you won't. And I'm telling you, the pit of disappointment is cancerous to the soul. On the other hand, the other logical conclusion is, wait a second, God wanted to come on time, but he couldn't. Or in other words, he wanted to help, he wanted to provide, he wanted to protect, he wanted to break through, but his hands were tied, his capacity was limited. He wanted to, but he couldn't. And that creates in our heart doubt. That I want to bring this before God, but I don't know if God can actually do anything about this, because even though he's well-meaning, he is limited in capacity. And I'm telling you now, just like disappointment, doubt is cancerous to our spiritual journey. But glory to God, he doesn't want us getting trapped, come on, in a pit of doubt. He doesn't want to get us, come on, stuck in a pit of disappointment. Come on, he wants us to continue to walk through these seasons, even if it feels like he's running late. That's why he gives us the word of God and the spirit of God to help us in those moments where we know he's good and we know that he's strong, but he fe and it feels like that goodness and that strength is being withheld for a period of time and he's running just a little bit late. I'm so grateful for the scriptures that, that help us navigate these very real seasons that all of us will taste at some point in our journey. And so what I want to do in my last 17 minutes and 40 seconds with you is I want to look at a story in the Bible at a time when God ran late. And I want to make a few observations and actually shape them into faith declarations that we can hold on to where we're standing around waiting for God. Because I believe that this story isn't just a story that documents something that unfolded 2,000 years ago. But this story is a prophetic declaration about what God is actually up to and what we can still stand upon when we feel a little bit disappointed and a little bit riddled with doubt waiting around for God. The story is found in the book of John. If you've got your Bibles, go with me to the book of John, chapter 11. John, chapter 11. And for those who have been around church for a while, you might even recognize this story about the day that God ran late. For those who are, who are new to church, this is maybe a little bit of a different story that you've, that you've um, you know, you never thought you'd hear taught at a church, but, but this is just a different church. This is a beautiful church that, that, that acknowledges, come on, these kinds of seasons as well. John chapter 11, the Bible says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. Uh, he was from Bethany, 
the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters went to uh, sent word to Jesus. Hey, hey, Lord, um, the one uh, who you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. No, now Jesus loved Martha and her uh, sister uh, and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was, Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, "Let us go back to Judea." But Rabbi, they said, "A short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're now trying to go back." Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they will see the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I'm glad that I wasn't there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, well, let us also go, that we may die with him. As the story will unfold, you see that Jesus shows up. Mary and Martha, the ones who the Bible says Jesus loved, they kind of were wrestle with, wrestling with their own kind of disappointment. Kind of, you know, Martha shows up and just has a bit of a, a terse word with Jesus. Like, if you showed up a little bit earlier, all of this could have been avoided. Mary was so hurt, Mary didn't even come out to meet Jesus. But Jesus would reveal who he truly is, the resurrection and the life, the one who's got the whole world in his hands and he would speak life back into Lazarus. He would rise again. The grave clothes would fall from him. Glory would be given to God. But more about that later. I want to explore, come on, this part of the story and ask the question, what's Jesus actually doing when it feels like he's leaving us waiting? Or better put, what is Jesus actually up to when you find yourself in the journey, looking at your watch, knowing that God is good enough and strong enough to do something, but it feels like he's running just a little bit late. I want to make a couple of faith declarations, and I want to challenge you to not only process through this in your mind, but to be brave enough and to be bold enough, come on, to declare this with your lips even. As we launch into seasons, as we endure seasons, come on, as we come through seasons, where it feels like God's just running a little bit late. If you have your Bibles, or I mean, if you have your like kind of notebooks and, and uh, like kind of leather pound journals, you can pull that out and, and it'd be cool to like maybe scribble some things down. My, one of my mentors always tells me that, uh, that a blunt pencil is more effective than a sharp mind in remembering the things that God speaks to us about. 
Yeah, I always say this, if you have an iPhone or an iPod or an iPad, you can pull that out, open up the Note app and, and, and jot some things down. Thank the Lord Jesus for Steve Jobs as you do so, because that's a wonderful piece of technology. If you have a Black, Blackberry or like kind of a, like, you know, like an Android or like a Samsung device, you can put that away. Got nothing for you from this point on. What is some stuff that we need to remember? What are some stuff that we can hold on to when it feels like God's running just a little bit late? Number one, in the end, He gets glory. In the end, He always gets glory. In the end, He always eventually will get glory. Sounds crazy, Dan. How does, get, how does God get glory through my lack? I don't know. But eventually, he always gets glory. I don't know, Dan. Uh, my husband and I have been trying for a while to, to get pregnant. How does he get glory out of I don't know. But in the end, he gets glory. <laughs> but Dan, my, my heart's been torn into like a million pieces. I don't even know where those pieces are right now. And I don't know how this is going to turn out. For, I don't know. But in the end, come on, he gets glory. Because it is not by mistake that right at the beginning, Jesus will declare in verse 4, this sickness will not end in death. What's funny about that? What happens next? He dies. Did Jesus get something wrong here? (laughs) Did he misread the play? Did he kind of like, you know, just skim over the telegram and not really like, you know, pay attention to the details? No, no. He understood that even though it would seem like he is dying in this situation, even that would not prevent, come on, God getting glory in the end. This will not end in death. No, it is for, come on, God's glory. So that the Son of God may be glorified through it. I know that there are some people here in this room right now who are at the end of their rope, feeling like like, like they've been waiting for the longest time for God to come through, for that miracle to break through, for that provision to come through. I know that it is frustrating looking towards heaven, feeling like someone has bumped the mute button up there and no one is paying attention. But you got to understand, right from the beginning, no matter how dark the night, no matter how dark the situation, no matter how lost the feeling, you got to know in the end, God will get glory. God will be glorified. Jesus will be magnified. In the end, He gets glory. Has anyone got a friend who when you watch a movie with them and they've seen the movie, as much as you ask them not to tell you how the movie kind of turns out, they can't keep their mouth shut? I've got those friends in my life and I beg them, I plead with them, I reason with them, please, I know you've seen Civil War, I know there's a few twists, I know there are a few turns, don't tell me how this ends and they always do well for the first few minutes, but only for a few minutes before they cannot resist the feeling of blurting it out. And this is what happens, and this is what happens, and actually Iron Man is this, and this, and this is what happens to his father. And I'm and like, oh, really? 
That annoying guy who always tells you, come on, how the movie ends right at the start. Guess what? Jesus would have been that annoying guy. Because no matter what episode you launch into, come on, no matter what drama is unfolding, he's the guy who says, no, 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 it's cool. I'll tell you how this movie ends. I get glory in the end. My Father is seen. My power is revealed. My goodness is experienced. Yo, Jesus is that guy. Because right at the beginning, he lets you know, even though it feels like I'm running late, I can guarantee you this. I get glory in the end. In sickness, I get glory in the end. In loss, I get glory in the end. In pain, I get glory in the end. In hurt, I get glory in the end. In a seeming injustice, I don't know how, but I get glory in the end. This is not just something that rings nice on a Sunday night. My friends, my heart's hope, my heart's prayer is that this would ring true come Monday morning. When you're still sitting around waiting for God to show up, I don't know where He is. But I know this will not end in death. This will end in God's glory. Because He always gets glory in the end. Number two. Remember this, no matter how late it feels God is and no matter how long it feels you're waiting around, He gets glory in the end. Number two, you've got to remember this, that His timing is very often different to your timing, but it is always perfect. His timing is often different to our timing but it is always perfect. His timing is weird. You you, you got to pay that, all right? This is some weird timing. Because what's happening here, he's chilling with the boys. You know, the the text comes through. And like kind of the boys open it up and goes, hey, yo, Jesus, um, you want Mary? Yeah, Mary, the the one with the hair, perfume, the feet thing. Yeah, that Mary, yeah. Um, yo, you know that dude, you'd be hanging out, like your friend, Lazarus, your, your mate, yeah. Uh, Lazarus, real sick. Let, let me, like real sick. And uh, we, we probably need to go because uh, there, there are a few like kind of, you know, distressed emojis connected to this text. And uh, we probably should be heading off now. And so everyone's thinking this is what it is. Lazarus is sick. Jesus has been healing hey, this is going to be a perfect situation for Jesus to come through. So I can imagine the boys all start kind of, all right, boys, we're ready to go. Everyone pack the stuff up. Everyone load, come on, load, load up the cars. I know there weren't any cars there, but just go with me. You know, load it up. We're ready to rock. Okay, Jesus, let's go. And then Jesus, what, what does he do? No, sit down. Two days. So the, the disciples, um, you kind of, you know, Jesus, like, you know, it is kind of like the first century and the life expectancy of the average man isn't very long and, uh, you know, that kind of, we haven't really seen many modern kind of advances in, in med- medical technology and kind of, you probably should get onto your horse pretty quick now. I don't know if you want to be like chilling around for two days, but Jesus says, no, sit down, two days. Because his timing is always just a little bit different than our timing. And if, and if that wasn't bad enough, what happens after two days? 
the boys had kind of resolved to themselves, you know what, that was a good call, Jesus. You know why? Because we're going to have to walk through a region and end up in a place where the last time we were there, they were trying to stone us. So we're like, that's actually, you know what, Jesus, you helped us dodge a bullet because if we went back there, that anger would still be white hot right now and those, those rocks are still in their hands and so it's probably not the best time for us to go back there right now. In fact, Jesus, you're right. It's actually good for us to lay low right now. And what does Jesus say? No, time to get up, we're going. Whoa! <laughs> so, so the boys are like, they pack the backpacks, they're ready to go, they get told to sit down. And they say, oh, you know what, it's like, like, time to go. Why? Because Jesus' timing is often, come on, different to our timing. But it is, come on, always perfect. I love that. And it's so important to be, come on, reminded of that. And if you really like pick at the threads of that concept, you ought to be glad that, come on, God's timing is different than your timing. Because I know that if I was put in charge of my entire life and everything unfolded like I think it should unfold, come on, that is a scary notion indeed. But we understand that even though it is, is difficult and even though it seems kind of like illogical and even though it seems deeply painful, it's so important to remember that often in life. His timing is just markedly different. I remember doing a, a conference in Fiji a couple of years ago. Who's been to Fiji before? Put your hand up here. You've been to Fiji. You've got to go to Fiji. It's fun. And I kind of, they, they got something very interesting thing in, in Fiji. They don't operate by, you know, like kind of, you know, Eastern Standard Time. They don't operate by like kind of, you know, um, Western Standard Time. They don't even operate by weird South Australia half hour difference time. They operate by Fiji time. I remember going along to this first night of conference and they even had an itinerary for me. It was all printed off and it said like kind of 7 p.m., arrival, 7.30, doors open, kind of, you know, I was meant to be up preaching by 8.15 and so I'm there, I want to get a little bit early, like pray over the place. So I get there at about 15 minutes early, which is like a miracle for me. So I show up there and there's not a person in the room, not a chair set up, not a band member on the stage. Eight o'clock comes around, like kind of the drummer shows up with his kit. And what, wait a second, what's going on? By 9 o'clock, the, the band was set up. By 10 o'clock, they were sound checked. By 10.30, the night was beginning. And I'm like, oh, what is going on here? And, and I thought, maybe I've just like kind of, I stepped into the twilight zone. And no, no, I had to explain to me, no, no, Dan, this is Fiji time. And they just, it, it, it's, it's, it's just different. It ain't right. It ain't wrong. It's just different. <laughs> I'm not trying to tell you that your timing is all weird and wacky. I'm not trying to tell you that, that your timing is, an, is, is, is like kind of um, petulant or, or impatient. I'm not, telling you, I'm not telling you that at all. I'm just telling you it's different than the way God sees time. That's the reason in 2 Peter chapter 3 it says, you've got to understand that God's idea of how things should unfold are so different than ours. Like a day is like a thousand years to God and a thousand years is like a day and you just got to trust, come on, that the one, amen, come on, who holds the time is in control of our life, come on, and in love with us deeply. Because that's what happens. The disciples kind of turn towards Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, 
you're throwing us like, you know, for a loop here. What's up with this timing thing? Because the other day when it felt like we should have been going, you told us to sit down and now we're happy to kind of sit down and hide. You're telling us to go into the danger. What is going on? And then Jesus just makes this relatively random statement about light and dark and day and night and 12 hours to walk and 12 hours where you'll trip. Basically, what he's saying is you got to understand that everything in life, even the sun that shines during the day and the moon that shines at night, the light that fills the earth from this point to that point and the darkness that covers the earth from this point to this point is all governed by the God of this universe. I haven't forgotten about time. It's just different to yours. And maybe someone here tonight who may be wrestling with a situation or an issue, kind of wondering if God has forgotten about them. This will bring a little bit of confidence to your heart. He hasn't. He just sees time differently. But Dan, it's been an entire year. He just sees time differently. Hey, Dan, I'm questioning if this will ever happen. He just sees time differently. Thirdly and lastly, even though we know, come on, in the end, he gets glory. And it gets a little bit stressful on the way there because his timing is often different than our timing, but it is always perfect. You can trust him in this. He's still on the way. He's still on the way. Just turn to your neighbor and tell him he's still on the way. Come on, in that sickness, he's still on the way. With that thing that your husband and or your wife, you're praying and believing for it, he's still on the way. Come on, with that job that is going to allow you to honor God and to serve the kingdom, but, but also provide for you and your family, come on, he is still on the way. Come on, come on, for that partner in life who's going to complete me, come on, he is still on the way. Because I love how this, section of the story kind of wraps up with Jesus finally saying, all right, now it's time to go. And the disciples are again confused. They're going, well, if he's sleeping now, then we probably should let him sleep it off. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's time to go because Lazarus has passed. The disciples automatically go, well, then isn't it too late to go now? But Jesus says, no, get up, we're going. Because I'm getting glory in the end. My Father is being seen. And everyone's a little bit confused right now, including Mary and Martha over there in Bethany. But everyone will see in the end that even though my timing is a little bit different, it's always perfect. But this whole time I've had nothing but my boy Lazarus on my mind. And now it's time to go. Come on, I'm on my way. And nothing will stop him. It takes a little bit longer sometimes. 
but nothing will stop God from bringing us to that ultimate destination where He gets glory. Once a month, I get to go play golf with my dad uh, at a country club out by the peninsula in Victoria. And in the old days, it was quite a long drive because there was nothing really direct, but kind of Jesus got together with the state government and built a highway directly from basically the back of my house straight to the front door of this country club. It's amazing. The only challenge is it's a toll road. And my father has no goals in life, not financial goals, not relational goals, not health goals. The only goal in life he has is to live his entire life and never pay a toll. So even though there is literally a road that goes from my backyard to the front door of this country club where we play golf, my father spends every Tuesday night before we play on a Wednesday in his office with like kind of Google Maps. We have something called the Melways for the young people here in this room. In the old days, there used to be these maps with like kind of like kind of streets and highways and roads drawn on them. And you would find kind of where you were by like kind of references that you, don't worry, you'll never have to deal with them in your life. But so my dad will pull out a Melways and then my dad will engage basically in his only goal in life to work out a way to get from my house to this golf course quicker than we could have going on the tollway but doing it for free. And so you've got to understand that every single month on that Wednesday when we're going out towards the golf course, it is a straight out fight. Like I'm just, I'm just like kind of, I cannot believe it. I'm so frustrated because like we're driving through these random streets and laneways. There was one time we had to go through an underground car park. He kind of came to one road, worked out that he could cut through by going under the Coles car park and coming out on the road on the others. And I just lose it. I'm saying it's the most illogical thing in the world. Like you're burning more money in like diesel and you're causing more wear to your car and you're saving like eight bucks in tolls. I'll give you your eight bucks. I'll tip you. I'll give you 10, keep the change. But he refuses to not. We're driving not tall. Like he, he just wants to get. And I'll always work my, myself into an absolute lather and I'll be screaming and yelling and so upset. But my dad very rarely responds with anything. Nope, no tall. And he just sits there quietly and calmly smiles. You know why? Because the night before, He worked it out in his head that we're going to take this route and we're going to get there. And one day, this route will be quicker than the tollway and it would have been for free. (laughs) It is absolutely reasonable for us in our journey when it feels like we find ourselves in a situation where it feels like God's running a little bit late. He's gone on a little bit of a detour. Come on, he's left us waiting and hanging around. 
it's absolutely fair enough to kind of rant and rave a little bit, maybe even pump the fist and kind of give our forceful opinion to him about what we think he should do. But you've got to understand, to that, he always calmly smiles. And says, I've worked it out in my head. Come on, how we're getting to the other side. But along the way, remember, in the end, God always will get glory. In sickness, still glory. Loss, still glory. Come on, lack, still glory. Come on, pain, still glory. Come on, failure, still glory. Come on, heartbreak, still glory. In the end, this will end in glory. And it's okay to freak out because our timing is often different than His. But His timing is always perfect. For He is the one who holds the whole world and everything therein in His hands. And He's on the way. A provision will come. That breakthrough will be yours. Context will be restored. Your miracle will be seen. But most of all, His promise will come to pass. He gets glory in the end. Amen? I preach this message with as much humility as one can muster because I understand that this community knows probably as well as any community what it's like to feel a little bit let down. A little bit kind of looking towards heaven, kind of going, all right, God, that breakthrough and that provision and that miracle anytime now. But I believe that God will get glory. Come on, I believe. Even though His timing is different, come on, it will be seen as right. And I believe that our breakthrough will come. That restoration and that revelation will be ours. But most of all, He'll keep His promise. We're getting to the destination. And he will get, come on, glory in the end. Come on, praise him just a Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 